1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
2: Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
3: Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish!
4: Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud It's two!
2: Hi, I'm Russell Hargreaves, welcoming you to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 9th of November 2015. On today's show, Danny Welbeck talks to us about the challenges of moving cities, club legend Nigel Winterburn is our Arsenal insider, and we celebrate an Invincibles birthday in the history lesson. But let's kick off with the weekend review. Arsenal welcomed their North London rivals Tottenham Hotspur to the Emirates Stadium on Sunday afternoon and the Gunners found themselves behind just after the half-hour mark through Harry Kane's goal. The Gunners were sluggish in the first period and had to wait until 15 minutes from time to grab an equaliser. Here is Nacho Monreal again now on the left-hand side, he gets to the byline, whips it across, It's towards Giroud inside the penalty area, the header won't fall for Alexis, cleared away. Here is Kokala. Now it's back with Debussy, a little bit better this from Arsenal after being under pressure. all over on the right-hand side, left-footed ball in, it's towards Kieran Gibbs! He's somehow got it, has he? Yes! Kieran Gibbs has equalised for Arsenal. Unbelievable! Ball in from the right-hand side. First, it looked like Hugo Lloris had kept it out, but he couldn't. There was just too much on it from Kieran Gibbs. The bench and on the score sheet. For it was Gibbs' first goal since he netted late against Anderlecht last season and he couldn't have picked a better time to open his account for the current campaign. Arsenal huffed and puffed for the closing ten minutes of the match, but the Tottenham defence stood firm and a draw was a fair result for both teams. After the game, Arsene Wenger reflected on a hard-fought point at the Emirates.
3: They shown great uh, mental resources and we refused to give up because Tottenham had a good. Moment in the second half is 1-0, where we had one or two good chances, and Czech kept us in the game. And in the end, uh, it is a fair point for both sides. But overall, I believe it uh, was a game of very intense game uh, with complete commitment on both sides. We suffered in the first half because uh, Casola was uh, uh, at 30 percent. Of, of his potential. He was dizzy and uh, so many times we were, I was sitting there, didn't know do I take him off uh, or not, uh, you never know, maybe it will get better and at half time I took him off, then uh, we will bit better bands in the second half And uh, He
2: also gave us an update on Santi Cathola after the Spaniard was substituted at half time.
3: He's not sick, just was dizzy and he couldn't move. You could see that uh, he was on the pitch. I didn't know, really know what he had. So at half time, uh, I took him off. I hope he's nothing uh, bad, but it uh, doesn't look. He says he's all right now.
2: Goal scoring hero Kieran Gibbs faced the press next and talked about playing in a more advanced role.
4: Boys, A few of the boys were tired having played midweek and last weekend. And yeah, it was just a, a chance for me to bring on some fresh legs and do anything he can just to. To try and help the boys. Last few games we've had no play, uh, midfielders, yeah. and um, it's been difficult for the boss to, mm-hmm. with options. Yeah. So in the last few games, I've been coming on, and um, I knew looking, you know, across the bench that probably even though I'm a defender, I'm still one of the more offensive players yeah. uh, on the on the bench. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was happy
2: to come on, obviously, in a in a big game like that. And, get a, a big goal. The point leaves Arsenal in second place in the table still behind leaders Manchester City on goal difference going into the international break. That's the final word on the weekend's action. Now it's time to speak to a man who featured in many North London derbies in the past, Nigel Winterman.
3: I'm Marcin Wenger and you're listening to the Arsenal weekly podcast.
2: Nigel Winterman played 584 games for Arsenal, over 13 years for the club, and he is our Arsenal insider this week. Nigel, good to have you on the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, We'll start, if we can, with your thoughts on the North London derby over the weekend.
5: Yeah, I think it was, uh, in the end, I think it was a good point for Arsenal. Uh, very impressed with Tottenham. I thought it was very even, first 15, 20 minutes. I thought Tottenham took control of the game in the first half. They then had a good period at the start of the second half, and... uh, Arsenal then came back into it quite strongly and uh, once they got the equaliser late on it looked like Arsenal may go on and, and win the game. So uh, I think overall both managers will be will be very happy with the point.
2: We heard from him a bit earlier on during the podcast but great for Kieran Gibbs, your opposition of course, to uh, come on and, and get a really, really memorable goal.
5: It's, listen, it's always nice to score in a North London derby particularly one that's so important uh, coming into an international break, Gibbs, you know, hasn't been in the team a lot, and uh, you know, came on and played sort of on the left-hand side, not in his usual position, but he, I mean, he, he can play there. It's not, it's not a problem, and uh, he got that. He got that important goal for Arsenal. They really did need that.
2: It's really interesting, isn't it, with obviously Monreal being kind of resurgent and really kicking back on in terms of his career at Arsenal. Gibbs, as you say, in and out for a variety of reasons. Um, Two really good players and hopefully can can be used either in tandem at times or certainly to push each other hard.
5: Yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, Monreal has been absolutely outstanding, you know, for the last sort of six months, really. So, um, Gibbs has just got to wait for his opportunity when he comes in you've just got to really try and take it. But uh, it's going to be hard for him at the moment and very frustrating because, uh, you know, Monreal's playing so well. But there may be a position with with Kieran out on that left-hand side with the injuries that Arsenal have at the moment that he he could fill in in that position as well.
2: Just back to sort of the wider concept of North London derbies, Nigel, you've played in so many, as we mentioned. What kind of stands out for you over the years from one or two of your tussles with Spurs?
5: Uh well you just have to make sure that you don't really that you don't that you don't lose with really. <laughs> that's the thing and uh you know, the the fans and the uh, and the you know, the supporters for them it it's 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 so so important that they that they can get up this morning and, and feel happy or relieved that uh, they haven't got to listen. Uh too much to too much <laughs> the opposition goading them for a few weeks.
2: Yeah, very important. And to be fair, given all of the injuries for Arsenal, 9, 10 potential first team players out to have at least got the point and kept that league momentum going was so important, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, and that's why I said I, I think it was a good point for Arsenal in the end because um, they've had a lot of disruption to the team. They're losing a lot of midfield players. Uh, Bellerin, who's been solid at right back as well. Um, usually Ramsey's sort of playing out on that right-hand side. So you've got to bring Debushi in. Campbell's coming down that right-hand side. So you trying to almost as well fill a new, a new partnership down that side, which can disrupt the team as, as well. The guys coming in haven't had a lot of football. The expectations on them are very, very high. It's hard for them. I know, uh, particularly for Debussy, he's been out a long time injured. When you're sort of moving on through the years, like, I experienced it myself. You've got to train hard, but you've got to be playing regular. And uh, unfortunately for him, he's been injured. He hasn't had a lot of game time, but he's stuck to his task very well. And Campbell's been, you know, sort of on the peripheral of the Arsenal team. He's been out on loan quite a bit. So there's a new, there's a, there's a new combination there as well. Arsenal having to shuffle players around, fit them into positions. I think he'd be delighted with the point and also with the international break coming up to see whether they can get to took the players back into that squad because they certainly do need it.
2: And just taking stock, Nigel, at this point of the season, as you rightly say, as we head into this little international break, how would you kind of assess the, the overall start for Arsenal? Obviously, right up there in the league, which is brilliant. Cups have been a bit mixed so far, but there is a lot of positivity, isn't there, to build on? Clearly.
5: Yeah, I think so. You listen to Arsenal Wenger and the rumours that you're hearing throughout the club, that the squad are very, very close knit. They're working very, very hard for each other. The league form has been decent. Uh, The Champions League has been disappointing so far, but I still believe they've got a good chance of uh, qualifying through the group stages. I mean, if you look at the group, it doesn't look that way, but uh, I still think they've got a decent chance. Uh, So it's it's been, the the form's been a little bit mixed, but you've got to try and sort of, Divide the competitions and look at it like that. Arsenal's league form is, has been has been decent since the opening day loss to to West Ham. They're sitting joint top, or if you want second in the league, I think Arsenal Wenger at this international break, with the injuries that they've got, would be would be delighted with that.
2: And the fact it is relatively open as well, this league isn't it? Man City have slipped up here and there. Obviously Leicester have been brilliant. Man United just nestled in behind as well. But there's a lot of teams, all of whom have got a chance. And for me, Arsenal have got as good a chance as anyone.
5: I've always said with the Arsenal squad, and I believe it, uh, I've said it since the very, very start of the season, with the way that they finished last season, I think this squad has got a fantastic chance of being able to challenge for the Premier League this season. Uh, And when I talk about challenges, I talk about being leading or being within two or three points of the leaders in, in April. That's a challenge for me. Then you find out whether your players can handle the pressure, because that's when football gives you a little bit of pressure, I believe, um, and whether they can carry that momentum through to the end of the season. Arsenal, if they continue the way that they continue to get their players back, will be in there fighting. But it, it's going to I think it's going to be a very, very tight league this season. Um, there was, all, all the teams are dropping points along the way. Manchester City, I think a lot of people would still say would be would be favourite, but um, we've also, they've also proved that they can have little dips in form as well.
2: And just finishing off, obviously looking back over your illustrious career, you talk about big game mentality, handling the pressure, you and your teammates for so many years in so many different trophy-winning causes did exactly that.
5: Yeah, we did. I mean, I, I said, you know, I've always been uh, honoured and delighted to play for the football club because... I think I played in a very, very special period where we probably, under George Graham and Arsene Wenger, had three three different teams, if you like. I know a majority of the players stayed together, particularly that back five for a long, long period. But uh, you know, we had some really strong teams. The '98 team, I think, was an exceptional team that went on to do the to do the double. Um, and you know, we along the way, it always helps when you win a few trophies as well to be remembered by.
2: Definitely. If I was to ask you just one or two of the things that really encapsulate the club for you, one or two of your most sort of special little moments and standout memories, is there anything that comes immediately to mind?
5: Well, listen, people always talk about when you join Arsenal Football Club about the traditions of the football club. And I mean, I, I know I experienced that just walking into Highbury. I know we're now at the Emirates, but at Highbury through the Marble Halls. And up those stairs to meet George Graham. That will always stand out in my mind. But I think really my overriding memories is just being part of what people talk as a special football club. Uh, and that's exactly how I see it now. And that's why I'm, I'm sort of still say that I'm uh, privileged and honoured to still be able to work for the club uh, you know, on a regular basis.
2: Yeah, and just on that note, actually, I was going to ask you to still be involved now must be really fantastic and very rewarding for you as well.
5: Yeah, it is because obviously I'm I'm one of the ex players who are uh, you know a great supporter of Arsenal Wenger and, and the team. I'm so desperate for them to to do well, you know. And when I talk about, it, I'm so pleased that they've uh, won the last two FA Cups. That's relieved a little bit of pressure. But we all know what they're going to be judged on over the next two seasons with, with Arsenal Wenger. is going to be whether they can challenge for the title and go on to on to win it and. Uh, You know, I just hope that that, uh, they can at least get themselves into a, a decent position come the end of the season where they can.
6: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
5: They can feel what it's like to, to, uh, to challenge for that title.
2: Absolutely. Nigel, brilliant to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, and thanks for taking the time out to speak to us, mate. No problems. Thanks very much. Well, that's Nigel Winterman. And now from one Arsenal double winner to another, it's time for the history lesson. And it's Adams, put through by Bold! Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit them? Oh, look, right we It's up for Graz now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 10th of November 1969, Jens Lehmann was born in Essen, in Germany. Jens joined the club in July 2003 and was tasked with replacing club legend David Seaman. Of course, we all know what he went on to achieve that season and he played every game in the Invincibles' title-winning campaign. Here's the boss, Arsene Wenger, talking about Jens's impact.
3: What makes Jens a uh, unique goalkeeper, first of all, I believe is his uh, uh, intelligence, his, uh, his work, dedication, his uh, strong character, his personality, his huge desire to win. He was ready to fight against anybody in the team to to win the game, you know. So overall, what I think what everybody uh, keeps in mind from Jens Lehmann is, uh, of course, his exceptional quality as a goalkeeper. But Arsenal had other exceptional goalkeepers in the history, but as well his character, his uh, personality and uh, his dedication. He was an example for everybody on a daily basis.
2: Jens would continue to make history in the Arsenal goal, first in the 2005 FA Cup final when he became the first keeper to save a penalty in a shootout.
7: So Paul Scholes, who has been through so much with Manchester United, so much success. He takes the second.
2: And then in the Champions League the following campaign, he went 853 minutes without conceding a goal in the competition, which included this last-minute penalty save in Villarreal, which clinched a place in that season's final. Raquel May for Villarreal. And Lehmann has saved it! What a brilliant save by Jens Lehmann!
7: And you got it spot on, Stuart! The referee blows the full-time whistle. The Arsenal fans go crazy. Not many of them have managed to travel to the Armageddon but Those that have are celebrating tonight.
2: Lehman would go on to play 200 games in two spells for the club, winning the Premier League, FA Cup and Community Shield before joining Stuttgart in 2007 and then officially retiring from the game in 2011. We'll have another history lesson for you next week, but now it's time to speak to Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck celebrated a year at the club in September and the England forward now feels well at home at London Colney. He sat down with Arsenal media's Carl Finachero to talk about the transition of leaving Manchester for London. Danny, how
4: challenging was moving from Manchester where you grew up and then coming to London? Yeah,
8: it was, um, so it was a new challenge but it's obviously exciting times for me to obviously approach a new situation uh, move from Manchester to London. and. All of that stuff that goes with it, you know, is that you know everything in and around Manchester, London is a whole new city, not completely new, but uh, been to London quite a few times before, and um, so it's it's weird knowing that you meet, you're now gonna be calling your home in London home mm. and Manchester's not home.
4: <laughs> is it? Does it feel weird at all uh, to be away from a place you lived in for so long?
8: Um. No, I think the thing that you miss the most is your family, and uh, that's the most important thing. uh, But to be fair, a lot of my family and friends, they come to London to see me. They come to the games, all the home games, and so I get to see them uh, quite a lot anyway. And uh, Yeah, but I think growing up in Manchester, you're leaving something that you know, and you're going to a new... Um, to a new city, it's, uh, it's 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 an exciting period. So I don't think you gotta look too much
4: back at it anyway. Um, professionally and personally, it's always a big deal to move cities, to move jobs. Was it the same for you? Was it a massive a deal, a massive occasion? <laughs> I've got no baggage, so <laughs> I have to bring down uh, a wife, kids,
8: and everything. So I just I just up and left. You know? <laughs> I'm a free man, so. <laughs> Not many people could have done it as swiftly as me. <laughs> what did you pack then? I just packed my PS Four, got my got my TV, jumped in my car, and I was off, man. <laughs> nah, <No, I'm> joking. <laughs> nah, obviously, um, yeah. It's, in a way, I mean, I've got. <laughs> I'm just my own person. I've got not not so not too many responsibilities, you know. So um, yeah, it's easier for me to move. Down to London, then it would be for a married man with a wife and kids, and you know it would be more difficult for them to find schools and all
4: that stuff. So for me, I just have to bring myself, really. What's the biggest differences you've noticed? Maybe the people, the vibe of the two cities. Um, traffic, man.
8: I thought <laughs> I thought Manchester's traffic was bad in, at rush hour, but this is so, this is something else. I don't, I'm i not in central London much, but um, when I've been there, it is, it is pretty hectic. But there's also some nice areas where, like some cool places that have got a nice trendy vibe and stuff. So it's cool.
4: It's cool. You can go to different places that, that will suit what you want. You knew most of the lads here anyway uh, from England, Judy. How big a deal does that make it when you do already have so many connections? Yeah, it's, defi- it's definitely, um,
8: it makes it easier for you because, obviously, it's for any any situation in life. If you go somewhere and you see a familiar face, it's like, you can obviously bond with them more. Um, but yeah, knowing the England lads from, uh, obviously, the international duties and uh, growing up with them for the youth teams and stuff like that, um, yeah, it made it easier and they obviously integrate you into the group a lot easier than... Um, with the other lads as well.
4: Your family's still up in Manchester. Um, from moving abroad myself, I had how difficult it is to part with your family. Has that been the biggest challenge on a personal note?
8: Yeah, as I said, as I touched on before, it's the family that's uh, the thing that you miss the most from, well, for me moving from Manchester to London. But as I said, they do come down, like my mum and dad come down, there. they show up at my house, like, yeah, staying for a bit. I'm like, cool. <laughs> That like, alright, um, my friends are always down at my house. I live with my cousin, um, so it's, there's always people in my
2: house. non stop, it's never, it's never a quiet house. Danny's been sidelined since the end of last season, and with the injury to Theo Walcott, his return can't come quick enough for the Gunners. So that's Danny Welbeck. But let's turn our attention to Arsenal's Player of the Season so far, Mesut Ozil the Arsenal weekly podcast we've got another international break this coming week but adrian clark is still here and still on duty no game to preview this week but we thought we'd have a deeper look at mesut özil's influence this season Adrian, how are we? Good
7: morning. Yeah, no such thing as a day off here, is there?
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nose to the grindstone on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And, yeah, the German international, 10 assists now in 14 games this season and pretty much tells its own story. It really does, yeah. He only got five in the Premier League last year
7: and, and uh, it was an injury-hampered season for him and he got a lot of criticism. But but I've always been a fan of him. I've always championed his, his qualities and they're coming to the fore. I'm, I'm really, really delighted that he's getting the credit that his talent deserves. He, he's, a, he's such a gifted footballer, a joy to play with. And, 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 and finally, he's, he's beginning to, to get the assist count that he deserves as well because he always created plenty of chances per game, but the finishing this season has also been excellent.
2: there a couple of things for me. There's the dead ball delivery and the actual crossing prowess, but then there's just the vision and the guile as well, perhaps in more open play situations in terms of feeding other players in. Yeah, he's always had that.
7: But he hasn't always had the runners. And I think Theo Walcott's presence in the early weeks made a really big difference there. He was stretching opposition teams and he gave the chance for early passes to be slipped through for, for Theo Walcott or for Alexis Sanchez because Theo Walcott also acts as a decoy for Alexis too and, uh, and that works well. But it's his link-up play with Olivier Giroud that's really impressed me. Before the game against Tottenham Hotspur, he had created uh, a chance for Olivier Giroud one in every six passes, which I found incredible, really. So, uh, And that was bettered because I believe he created four chances for Giroud alone um, last weekend. So, so yeah, the, he, he's got a great relationship with all the main goal scorers.
2: Another thing I've really noticed, Adrian, as well, is just how he's influencing big games and the big occasion more now, thinking the likes of Bayern Munich at home, Man United at home as well.
7: Yeah, no, that's that's a big factor. That was the one criticism levelled at him wasn't it uh, last season and the season before really he didn't step up and produce his very very best against, against the main rivals he's done that this year um, against Manchester United he he was sensational um, driving into the penalty box as well that's something that, that sometimes frustrated me about him he, he often likes to play behind the ball and just see the pictures but this season a big difference is that he, he's making runs in beyond defenders and we saw that against United he got to the byline cut that ball back for a uh, Alexis, the Bayern Munich goal powered into the box didn't he later on obviously mm. full credit to Hector Bellerin for his part in that goal but Meza Erza was there he sprinted about 40 yards to get into the box so he's added that to his game and, and he's turned himself into, into a seriously good attacking midfielder
2: and there was that perception that at times he didn't do his kind of fair share of running perhaps and tracking back and so on And there was almost that element that people thought he was a bit lazy dare I say a bit lotsadaisical but again I think you look at his statistics mm. the ground he covers yeah. not necessarily true it's nonsense
7: it's absolutely nonsense and it always has been he it 's a body language fit thing he he doesn't look like he's moving around a lot he's got his shoulders slumped at times um, but statistically he covers um he's the second Best when it comes to distance covered. Aaron Ramsey, by the way, is in the distance. He just doesn't <laughs> stop running. But, but Mesut Ozil comes next, and he, and he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. And, and, and as I just outlined there, he's making more sprints as well, more, certainly more penetrative sprints.
2: And just in terms of where he can go from here, are we looking perhaps as being a, an early front runner for Player of the Year even? Certainly, he's been
7: Arsenal's Player of the Year, and, and there are a few candidates for that at the moment. Um, I thought ahead of this season, if, if Arsenal are going to challenge for the title either Alexis or Mesut Ozil will, be, will have to be yeah. Footballer of the Year contenders. And um, I, I have to say that, that if it was to judge it right now, there were, there were, some, there were some good candidates. Jamie Vardy's right up there, isn't he? But, but Mesut Ozil, if he maintains this, this level and Arsenal win the, champion, win the Championship this year, I think he'll probably be Footballer of the Year.
2: Mesut, keep it up. Clark, here's ever. Thanks for popping by. Pleasure. Pleasure, mate. So that's full- time on this week's show. My thanks to Danny Welbeck, to Nigel Winterburn and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Remember you can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. Remember, if you've not hit the subscribe button already on iTunes, do so and you'll never miss another episode. We'll be back on Monday, November the 16th and until then it's bye for now and come on you Gunners. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on Arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?